I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Hi, welcome to Life on Purpose, the podcast where we talk about living your full existence on purpose through six buckets of faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, and friends. I'm your host, Lana Bimero. Let's jump right into it. Teodor Yingifa is probably one of the coolest slash craziest slash focused human beings I've ever met. And I use all those words enduringly. Teodor and I went to high school together and Teodor is currently the lead consultant um, of Without a Box Public Relations and Management Company uh, based out of West Africa. Teodor is amazing. And I talked to Teodor really about the value of persistence. And here's why. Knowing Teodor for well over 20 years or 25 or so years, um, this is a man that I know has committed himself to consistently being persistent about going for what it is that he wants. And persistence in the sense that there is consistency, that there is, I want this and I'm going to keep going for it and Toyota exemplifies that so I kind of talked to him about that and how can we encourage the next generation of folks to think that way and not think of microwave solutions for their desires all right today I have my brother Toyota Yingifa um, on life on purpose um, and you know I'll, I'll, I'll have Toyota share a little bit about himself here in a little bit but Tudor and I go way back. Uh, I'm talking 1995, um, and so that, uh, yeah, man, yeah, man. That's that's a very long time. That's uh, what is that? 26 years, give or take. Um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, certainly a brother of mine. We went to high school together, and um, truly excited to have you on. So Tudor, just give us a little introduce, introduction. Who is Tudor Yingifa? Okay, well, um, right now, um, Theodore Yingifa happens to be uh, the lead consultant for Without a Box, which happens to be a PR marketing communications firm based in Lagos State, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself um, a lover of everything good. Um, I am a go-getter. If I will say that myself, I I believe that whatever it is that I set my mind to achieving, I do all my best to see that I achieve it. Um, I love people. I love meeting um, new people, exciting people. I like to do, I like to try new things. And, you know, I basically just enjoy um, you know, providing some sort of help or service to, to people as much as I can, wherever I can, and whenever I can. Nice. <laughs> no, it does, it does. You know, and, and as I was thinking about us talking today too, I mean, I know I told you the, the, the idea is to talk about, you know, uh, persistence. Uh, persistence is kind of a topic. And um, okay. those who listen to other podcasts will know that I, I kind of build my my uh, my life around six F's, which is faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, and friends. Um, 
you know, and if I were to plug the system somewhere, it will be in the focus bucket. And I think for you, you know, even way back in that, you know, in high school, it was, you were the, you, actually, I was about to say you were the social prefect, but even though you were not technically the social prefect, you were the social prefect, because that's another story for another day, for those that know, they know, if you know, you know. But anyway, so like, even way back then, you were the Interact Club president, you, matter of fact, not only Interact Club, you even did the, uh, um, Apart from that, <laughs> fellowship, everything, any social activity, even up to faith, Deodor was there. And uh, so yeah. you've always had that. And you've always had that. And connecting persistence uh, to focus, you know, what would you say is like the one thing that has kind of kept you just being that, you know, PR person? You've always been that social person. What has really kept you in that light? of connecting people to others? Uh, how do I answer this now? So I think I think for me, early in life, and, and maybe it had to, it had to do with um, the environment I found, I found myself of, because I grew up in the family house. I didn't grow up with, uh, with your standard nuclear family. It was the family house where you had cousins and all of that, you know, so um, we've had that, would I say, sort of communal understanding where, you know, you are, what are you in a group of people having conversations and things like that. So um, I think over a period of time, I just find myself wanting to, to get involved. I didn't want to be left out of anything. Like I couldn't be, I couldn't exist and things were happening and I wasn't part of it, you know, so for every time. I, it, it didn't matter if I knew anything about it. I just wanted to be involved. I didn't like to be left out. And if I was involved, I didn't want to play an ordinary role. I've never wanted to be ordinary in anything. Mm. Like if I joined a group, I I found the reason to let my voice be heard. I didn't want to be at the backstage for some reason. Yes, I always wanted to be, you know, um, a major part of any success story, you know. So. I think for the longest time, I always found myself getting involved with as many activities. Like I couldn't just be idle, really, mm -hmm. if I put it that way. I really just couldn't be idle. So I think that's how it began. And then sooner or later, it just became my life. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, no, well said. And I, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, man, those high school days, man. So in our class, we we're probably at least 600 in the class that graduated together uh, in 2001. And, you know, I mean, even 20 years later, we still talk about it and we say, you know, there's some names that you just, you're, you're just always going to remember. You're always going to remember Theodore. That's, that's just one. And it's because of what you just said. You will, you're, you're always in anything and everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, Theodore did. <laughs> so, so it's interesting to hear you actually say that. But and one of the things you said in this um, kind of uh, answering that question was around, you know, not just only going into these environments and being a part of it, but actually uh, finding a way to uh, have your voice heard. And in, in essence, someone might measure or define that as success. Someone might define the fact that you're not only present, but you're actually thriving in those environments as success. Would you say you've always been successful? 
because you're, you're, you're certainly mm. successful right now. God has, God has blessed you, though, and we thank God. <laughs> You've always been successful. Okay, so um, I, think, I think to a large extent, um, if I look back at a lot of things I've been involved in, I can count a lot of success stories, no matter how little, because sometimes um, I think it's how a lot of us measure success. Really. Um, do, do you end up getting everything that you, you hope that you would achieve? Or were you able to get something out of whatever it is that you were involved in? For example, I, I found myself early in life that I, like just like you had mentioned, I was quite involved in a lot of endeavors right now in most of them i will pick out instances where i would say i made this happen i made that happen um did i walk away from it at some point in time yes but um did i was i able to achieve something at the end of the day that i could really take out and say um i was able to move forward in this aspect so i remember um the one time when um I started some kind of business, you know, that was early back in the days in the university where, you know, all in my head, I wanted to be one of the top event managers. If you're going to be doing anything, you know, I wanted to run shows and things like that. And then I started to float that and I started to get around. And then randomly someday I got involved with um, some, some dude who just walked up to me and said, oh, um, I'm looking to engage someone and you just look like the perfect fit. And then in, and this was my, my first year in university and that's back mm -hmm. in the day, University of Lagos, right? And then suddenly I found myself and a friend of mine who I took as my partner, you know, then sitting um, with the owners of one of the top bars in Lagos at the time, which was pretty much a big deal for me, you know, and this was almost out of nothing, right? And they had said, oh, we need you to do a couple of things, sort of bring some life into this 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 business, uh, come up with ideas to, to sort of give it life. And I did that for a while. And for me, you know, it's success to a very large extent, right? I don't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I wouldn't find um, those opportunities just, just fall or, you know, they didn't just come easy. And I couldn't find anybody within my space who had such an opportunity or could say that at some point in time, they were able to do this. So I, I look at most of these things that I get involved in and I say, um, when people look back or the people that were involved in this or were affected by this, when you look back at it, you do remember that you did this or you were, you know, you were able to achieve this or how um, were they affected by it? So yes, if, if the outcome is positive and remember that, then for me, it was a success. Really. Nice, nice, nice. I appreciate you sharing that because I, I think what I took out of, out of that was the fact that success is measured in different ways and, and personal success is truly important. And that's something that, you know, I try to share with people as much as possible. It's, you know, assessing your definition of success and measuring your progress by your measure, not necessarily other people. So um, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was, exactly. that was solid the way you shared that. So as we talk about persistence and, you know, and drive and all these things, motivation, you know, you know, we're, we're not getting much younger. And, and, you know, you talk about the, you know, you from the university days, 
would you say, because I know now you're certainly seeing interns coming through your company. You have different people trying, trying to follow you and learn from you and all that. That next generation, would you say, because here's the other thing, just connecting to that to the thought of patience is in order for you to persevere, there has to be some level of patience. Um, there has to be drive, but there has to be some level of patience. Would you say the next generation, are they patient? <laughs> There's a lot of things that they're not. <laughs> and you see, it's funny that this conversation uh, has come up again because uh, I think when when our generation and the ones before when we have this kind of conversations, this is what we talk about. And then because we can't we can't but admit that right now things are really different. You're in the internet age, and the perception around the internet age is that life has been simplified. To a large extent. And because of that, I think it it's sort of, I, will, I don't know how to put it, for some people, it's different. But for a lot of them, and I will speak to my to our client here, mm -hmm. it's brought about a lot of lazy and get rich fast approach. Mm. Right? Everybody just feels like um, I shouldn't have to stress. And if I'm, especially because of the advent of social media, everybody's seeing people who seemingly are making it real quick. Mm. So you have a generation who is being led by the things that they see. Um, little do they know, or do they understand, or are even trying to know? Because um, yes, the generation you can't tell anything to. Uh, mm. Everybody's moving at a fast pace. Um, they're less mentors or they're getting mentor mentorship from the wrong avenues and things like that. So if you talk about patience, uh, it, it, it's something that most of them struggle with because I've seen, I've seen young guys, fresh graduates come and apply for a job. And the idea most of them have is that I now have, um, now that I've graduated from the university, I think I should earn what is going to give me all I need in life. Mm. I, nobody understands that it's a process. I, I sometimes tell some of the guys that I work with, my guys, and I say, if you had any idea what I was earning while I was working, mm. it, would, it, would, it would shock you. But you see, at that time, we were not too concerned with if, if, we, were going to be able, if we were going to be able to save enough to buy a car, or if we were going to be, to be able to save enough to buy a house, we're thinking about those things at that time. We just wanted to work and 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 do something, contribute, give value, mm. you know. Because even at that, we still had plans, but we were we we knew that there were certain things we needed to do to get to where we wanted to go to. Now this generation doesn't have that. Everybody yeah. everybody's on the fast lane, and yeah. and I attribute that a lot to what um, what internet has uh, has. Or would I say basically social media? Yeah, I think that's that's just it, really. Yeah, no, you you said two things. One that I want to echo. One was the um, the seemingly success, right? There's this perception built by social media that people are seemingly successful, and you know, in your industry, you're actually helping people manage the public perception of of their efforts. Exactly. Their success. And sometimes these things are. You know, you, you shed light on what's positive so that 
you know, there's more gravitation and it's marketability and market share and all that stuff. So it's it's exactly. it's the reality that I think the next generation needs to be aware of. That what you see is not necessarily no one's gonna show you, I mean not no one, but less people will show you their bad side or what it is that they're working on. As humans, shame is something that we inherently uh, avoid. Uh, and so when we have weaknesses, we shed less of that. So um, just connecting that, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. The other thing was um, that you talked about, you know, back then, just starting out, your goal was less about making money. Yes, making money was good, but it was more about mm -hmm. adding value. It was like you, you know, you, you had this, you know, this creativity, this yeah, intelligence, this education you've learned, and you just wanted to add value. So I'm going to take yeah. that and connect that to the question and say, do, would you say that, that that connection to adding value and being of significance to others, would you say that that is a major factor to you owning your own business today versus, you know, those that are concerned? Yeah, go, go ahead. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, you see? Mm. Um, and, and I think my story is sort of, you know, unique in the sense that I, I I tell a lot of people that, um, and and I I don't take um, God's grace for granted. Amen. You see, so I have. There have been times when I have asked myself, you know, what's the next thing? You know, you see people when they say you get out of university, you put your CV together, you then want to begin to line up companies you want to apply to. Where would I like to work? What's the pay like? What's the goal? What's the plan? You know, there are quite a things running through your head, but at some point in time. You just want to get a job, mm -hmm. you know. You know that question when they ask you, so where would you like to work? And then you're thinking far away and say, oh, I'd like to do this. But now, one one cool thing is I got the opportunity to be in spaces I'd always wanted to be in. For example, like you talked about coming up is, so um, I have been in MC positions while I was in school. And, you know, I, I had no problem carrying the mic, standing in front of people and talking. So... When I school, I got opportunities to host games. I moved on from that, and I also had opportunity to, to manage events. I moved on from that. I'd always wanted to be on TV. For some funny reason, I got into auditions that got me an opportunity to be on TV. So I was in Sydney together for a short while, right? And then while I was serving during my NYC, for some weird reason, I'd, while I was in the University of Lagos, I tried so many times to get on radio. The opportunity just didn't come. But when I got into the NYC, the U-Core service. Somebody walked up to me and said, oh, I'm on this radio gig and I think that you you do love me on radio, so would you want? Would you mind coming to audition? And I auditioned, and then I was on radio for the longest part. So I got the opportunity to do most of these things, right? And it started, to, it started to help me, you know, shape my understanding as to... Um, so it was easy for me to then say, I've done this, I've done that. So what's next? Right. What do I really, what do I really, really want to do at the end mm. of the day? Mm. Now coming, coming down to coming down to where I am now. So I'll give you a short story, right? When when I was doing my NYC, I, I told you that I tried my hands on quite a lot of things and I wanted to do event management. So it didn't stop me. I would write proposals. I would come up right. with ideas, um, shows that I wanted to do, basically looking for sponsorship and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was doing this before, just right after university and before the call-up came. 
And then I had this lady that was sort of partnering with me and I said, okay, you know what, while I go to service, still try and find if you can push this in case we find any company that's interested in sponsoring yeah. this. And then luckily I met this lady who owned um, a PR and an event firm at the time. And then we tried to pitch that, that proposal to her. She liked it and said, okay, she'll push it and see if we can get any company involved. And so the minute I got out of service, I bought and I said, okay, I know that we were trying to get this done, but now I'm out of service. I don't have a job. I don't know if your firm is hiring at any point in time, but mm -hmm. if, she said, okay, they're not hiring now, but when they eventually do, or when we eventually do, I'll let you know. And the time came and she did. I went for the interview, did the process, and eventually that's how I started to work with her. Now, of course, then I was still, uh, say, young. My head was still mm -hmm. pretty strong. And um, at some point, um, I wasn't feeling the business. I'd given them that same proposal. We had tweaked it, and um, the Lagos State government bought the idea at the time. And it was nice. quite a lot of money. I, I was talking back in 2010, we were talking about 250 million, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next email I got said that um, the business was not going to be able to pay full salaries for that month. And I'm like, I can't be making, I can't be making such deals. <laughs> and this is what, you know, this is what I'm getting. And I was going to pull right. out. And then, um, so a senior colleague at the time called me and said, you know what? He said, this shouldn't matter. You have a probation period. Why don't you sit back, finish your probation? Because it will look funny on your CV if you have to walk away just after a month, right? You know, I didn't, I didn't think about it so much at the time, but I took his advice and I stayed longer than I planned to. Now, when I left, the next job I will get came from him. It was a referral. He just called me one day and said, what are you nice. doing? He said, I'm working in this place and I think they need you. That's what he said to me. He said, they are described who they were looking for. And in my head, I think you fit the description. So why don't you come in for an interview? And I went and I got the job. Mm. You know, it was... And I tell you, from that day to this very day, I have literally never had to apply for a job anywhere. Nice. When I walk away, somebody says, oh, I don't see this person anymore. Where is he now? Where is he working? You get me, get me his contact. And then people just reach out and say, oh, I heard you're no longer in this place. Oh, we're interested. Would you want to come in? Do you want to come and have a conversation? And that's how it yeah. began. Now, in cutting this long story short, when I left that job at some point, I wanted, I had, you know, and Lano, if you know me pretty well, I've always had the knack to do my own thing. Like, oh, I yeah. always felt that I had. Always. I, <laughs> so it kept, it kept pushing me and it kept haunting me. So I got out on the street and I said, you know what? I didn't have a job at this time. Let me go at this thing. So I tried. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I'm grateful that I did because it taught me very huge lessons that when you don't know something, you don't know something. Mm. Right? Mm. I had an idea of what I wanted to do but I couldn't, it didn't work. I got burnt way too many times. And I said to myself, I said, dude, you lack, you have, you have the knack for it, you have the drive, but you lack the experience and you don't know. Go and learn this business. And luckily mm. for me, I found a firm and I stayed there. And this is what I was talking about when you, when you, when you are not so focused as to what you want to make, what you want to earn. I really wanted right. to learn. And at the same time, I wanted to stand out. And if you know that about me, like I yeah. said earlier on, I won't be in a business where I won't be giving value. Yeah. So I was there for, and you could tell because at the time I was going to leave this business, 
they were concerned as to where I was going or who I was joining. So everybody mm. kept asking me that question. Well, wait, where, where are you heading to? What are you? Are they offering you? What are you doing? And mm-hmm. and I felt like okay, so maybe this yeah. is about the time for me to go back and do this, right? I had mm-hmm. learned as much as I was there for three years plus, right? And I felt mm-hmm. okay. I think it was about time for me to start this again. So I I go back into the streets, as they say, and brother, it was it was a tough, tough, tough mm-hmm. journey. I'm not sure we have enough time to discuss no. <laughs> how, how yeah. tough that was, you know. But I tell you, and I know that you have you you know quite a bit of that story, right? Um, right. I know how many times uh, people will come and say, "Nah, you have to admit that this isn't working. Maybe you want mm-hmm. to you want to do something else. You want to try out something else." You know, I had that for the longest time. Even the closest people to to me at the time would say. Yeah, you tried this, but maybe, just maybe, this mm-hmm. might not be it. Maybe, but you see, sometimes, right? Um, you would not everybody understands the dream. Not everybody understands the journey. Not everybody. Well gets said. It. Well said. Not everybody will get it. Well said. But if you if you are sure in your heart of hearts, if you understand that you know what you're doing and you have your mindset on the right goal, stay on that path. I don't know mm-hmm. how much I can I can explain to people and share with them. It, not there are too many people out there that are successful that are able to share their journey. So I think that oftentimes we're we're mentored. I w- I don't know how to put it. Will I say in the wrong way? And then we get a lot of things twisted because some people look at some people and think. Um, you know, they're not seeing the hard work. They're not seeing the failures that led to the success. You know, nobody's sharing a lot of this. Brother. <laughs> and that's uh, the truth. That is the truth. People aren't really sharing the the, the behind the scenes. There is very limited transparency. And, and uh, you know, just not to cut you off, but to segue into that for even from a faith-based standpoint. And, you know, I, I have the privilege of, you know, serving in different capacities and different environments or whatnot. And, you know, with that, uh, allowed to see certain things. And you can see that there is, uh, we're all humans and humanity itself, life itself is a struggle, period. You know, life itself is a struggle. And so, you know, to only show, you know, the seemingly successful perception on the outside without the work done behind is a disservice to the next generation coming. Again, to only show the seemingly success, you know, on the outside via social media, et cetera, and not the work done behind is a disservice to the next generation coming. You'd agree. I agree hundred percent. You see, um, I I tell I tell my guys most times, I say, um, when I used to work for someone, I said, I will work on budgets early, right? And I will be working on budget what millions. I'll be seeing, you know, we're seeing the numbers and you're saying, man, these guys are making money. Right. Like, and then you are, you know, there's no how as a human being, you, you then begin to calculate and you want to begin to put numbers together and say, what do I earn? These guys are making a kill and everything. And you're looking at it from that end um, as an employee because, you know, that's how you see things. Now, when I switched roles and I also became a business owner, it was clear. You see, sometimes you look at these numbers, but you don't see the full picture. 
Right. You don't see the expense line items in yeah, between. You don't, you don't. So, you know, when I tell my guys, I say, see, everything good will come. I said to them, I said, everything, don't look at me today and say, oh, he, he can easily say this. After all, he has a nice car, he owns the business, mm -hmm. you know, he's doing well. I said, nah, where you were, I once was. I once stood at the bus stop, waited for buses to take me home. I once walked the journey. Don't see me now and think, ah, you know, he's just telling this to us because he wants us to sleep for him. I said, nah. The thing that you must understand that whatever it is you're doing or whatever service you're giving, you're not you're not doing it for anybody. You're doing it for you. If you have that yeah. mindset, then you will grow. Yeah. Know that anything that you're giving, you're doing, and you're giving your best, you're only helping yourself improve and be better. There is nothing that says that you will continue to remain either in the same organization, in the same space. You will transcend that space. And if you have not, if you have not mastered the the idea of growing yourself or or giving the best of yourself because you think you're doing somebody else a favor, you're changing yourself. Many people don't mm. know this. Mm. You know, they just think, mm. oh, I can't come and I can't come and kill myself on top of somebody else's business. Like, mm. ah, you know, at the end of the day, what am I earning? Nah, mm. you one day want to live there and go elsewhere, and then you find out that. The things that you should have learned or the opportunities that you, you should have provided yourself, you didn't, and now you can't even compete where you should be competing. Well, that that is powerful. That's powerful. There are four things I wrote down as you were talking about, you know, kind of your experience. The first thing is you added value where you were. You gave the example of where you actually wanted, you know, there was an opportunity, you presented it, somebody didn't really take it, you took it somewhere else, they took it. You saw the numbers and you felt like you, you know, you needed to be compensated equally. So the first one was you added value. The second thing was you learned from others. You had a mentor in that environment that said, stick it, stay to stay for a while, learn. It would look funny. So you learned from other people. So after adding value, you learn from others. The third thing is that you, you, you didn't see what was behind the scenes. And so you gave that example of how in that situation, you as the employee, you're like, ah, we're talking to 50 million, what's going on? Why are they telling me I can't get paid? But flip the script, you as an employer, now you now see that. So that's, the, that, that's behind the scenes. And then the fourth thing you shared was minding the right goal. And you basically, you, the way I, I appreciate you saying is, when you know where you're going and you know that where you're going is the right direction and you stay focused on it, you know, the journey to get there might not be as pretty. You might have to take bus. You might have to do one or two things or you eventually get into that. Man, that was, that was, that was solid. That was solid. That was solid. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm going to ask you a question that's a little offshoot. So you're a family man. You have mm -hmm. an amazing wife, an amazing son. Um, how do you balance being you know, before we officially started recording, you were telling me that sometimes you're working till pretty late. How do you balance being that person for everybody at work, but also being that person for your family? Okay, so, and, um, and I don't know if I said this at the beginning, um, family is important to me. It's always important. It's always been important. And also coming from a background of a larger family, um, I didn't, I almost didn't grow up having, my cousins were my closest, so we didn't grow up in an environment where we were cousins, we grew up in an environment where we were brothers and sisters, you know, so 
And then I found myself in my entire family. I, you know, I always found myself in, in somewhat a leadership role. Mm-hmm. And, and I watched my older ones. I watched my, my uncles and parents play that role. And some of the things that you see and you experience, they shape your thinking. And mm-hmm. I began to understand the importance of family. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. When, when I was venturing into my own business, two things I said to myself. I said, I want to give my family the best. Now, if that doesn't motivate me enough to strive to be successful, I don't know what else will. Because this is the life that I want to give my family. I'm not saying I want to be the richest man in the world, but I want my family to live and live well. Now, I had this at the back of my mind. And when I did, I had, I had set goals every step of the way. That as I progressed, these are the things that I will put in place. I don't know. And I share this in a lot of times that maybe, you know how they say you confess this thing, you talk about this thing, you make plans, you put goals. And then for some reason, you almost don't know when all of these things begin to happen one after the after other. After the other, you're spot on. Like, so I did that. And because I had that mindset that I was going to give my family the best and I put my family first, it ends up shaping every decision I make, even when it concerns work. I know that if I am, if I am making plans, it can't be anything that will be affecting my role or my position in my family. Now, I know there are times that I have to work late. I have but something must compensate for that, right? You know, if I am doing all of these things and I'm consciously making efforts to make up for whatever time lost. If it is actually going out, if it is what I'm doing over the weekend, or right. one way or the other. And I'm saying this because why I'm able to create that balance is because I have had that mindset and I've made it priority. Mm. Sometimes it's easy for us to say, oh, we can create a balance, but if it is not in our long-term goals or in our plans, it becomes difficult. Yeah. Right. It seems easy to say that I will do this or I will be there. But if it is, if it does not shape your plans or shape your thoughts, if when you're making decisions, if you have to travel, um, you don't take all of these things into consideration. So when I say that whatever decisions I'm making, I am thinking about my family. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if I have to be away, if I have to do this, how does this affect my family? How does it affect my son? How does it affect my wife? Um, yeah. You know, so... That for me has helped. So um, being away from them, or I find I try, I try my best. I may not be a hundred percent perfect at it, but I know that I am doing the best I can to see that um, my work life or my business or me being the you know the business owner because of all the responsibilities I have to deal with does not take away my responsibility as the man of the house and being a good a good father and a good yeah. husband. You know, what you just shared reminds me of a book, um, The One Thing by Gary Keller. And the whole concept of the one thing is what is that one thing that by you know focusing that, sorry, sorry, everything sorry to cut you. I knew you know what I was saying. I said I knew that when I have this conversation with Nando, there's no how I am not gonna check out books that I will eventually buy. So I'll just, just wait for you to put one. I, I love books, man. <laughs> so 
can't, I can't help myself. I love books, man. But but really though, like the one thing talks about how it's really funny. I was I was just reviewing it again last night randomly. That's just me, anyway. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I do. But you know, Gary Keller and the one thing was talking about how there's just you know what is that one thing that by focusing on it, everything else either it doesn't matter or it aligns to that one thing. And I just hear you saying that for you, that one thing is your family and that family is your core. And so regardless of you know the business trips, the, the responsibilities outside or whatnot, you're bringing that one thing back. Um, and, and so um, uh, that's really big. Now, as you were talking about that, again, me connecting back to that book, The One Thing, you know, he Gary talks about how there are uh, four thieves and that that uh, that could rob you from uh, being successful in all areas of your life. And one of those thieves is the environment in which you belong into, the environment in which you belong to. And so where I want to go is let's talk about uh, beautiful nation Nigeria. Um, and, you know, <laughs> some of our, the folks that would listen to this are folks either Nigerians in diaspora, Nigerians in Nigeria, whatnot. Um, the audience would very vastly, but a majority would probably be Nigerians uh, by, by, by root. Um, how does that, the reality we know is Nigeria is just a crazy place right now. It's quite unfortunate. We're praying for it. Prayer is not enough. Um, but <laughs> how, how, yeah, I know. I, I knew you were going to chuckle when I said that. But how does, um, how does, how does a person like you thrive despite Nigeria? You see this question. Um, growing up, I had my I had my very close friends who all went to school together, all made plans together. What we we're going to do, how you know, and then currently, almost all of them are out of the country. Yeah. Now, for every time they, go, <laughs> they keep saying to me, "How much exactly are you making? Why are you still in that country? Why are you not getting out?" <sighs> okay, so. Um, and, and I think mine is a lot deeper in the sense that I think earlier in life, I tried to get out, mm-hmm. right? And I'll be honest about that. I tried to get out a lot of times, even when I was in school, when I didn't get the course that I wanted, I wanted to get out. I tried and tried. You see, for every time I tried, it didn't work out. Right. Now, the first time somebody now offered me what felt like a clean pass to get out, I turned it down. Mm. And I said, I think, I think God, and I will consider myself a very spiritual person, but I said, I think God is sending me a message, right? Mm-hmm. If this isn't for me. Like, I've tried this way too many times and feel that it didn't work. And I would sometimes usually have dreams that would say, this is not going to work and you won't travel. And I didn't, you get? So, and then I started having the mindset that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, there is something here me maybe now um fast forward to where i find myself now if i look back and say okay do will things do i see things playing out the way they would have right now maybe not so but coming back to nigeria as a whole two things I, i'll say to people um you either defy the environment that you find yourself in or you let it just thinking it and, mm. and you just let it overwhelm you. I think if you ask a lot of people who seem to be making headway is they have refused to, to let 
the system be the excuse. Awesome. Because if you, if you, it's just the same way you sit down and you want to talk about Nigeria's problems, it's exhausting. Now, this is the question, conversations we have with a lot of friends. And I say, so not everybody who's making headway here is corrupt. There are people mm. who are legit making headway and are successful and are doing great. Mm. Right? Why can't that be me? Now I've always had this this idea is and and I'm, and I'm sure that you know way back in school you say that yes you find Theodore in the good the bad and the ugly so why shouldn't Theodore thrive in in this climb awesome. like you you you've experienced the failures you've experienced the you know all the challenges now what has that taught you over a period of time what how have you learned from all of these things and what efforts are you making to see that um, you are able to try within this environment? So I'm not, I'm not picking up myself to say, hey, I'm one of those people who is, who is, there are times when, I kid you not, um, I think it was in 2018 or 2019, I had almost made up my mind to say, you know what, I've had it, it's time, <laughs> it's time bounce. to bounce. <laughs> but here's the thing, here's the thing, you then ask yourself, are you bouncing because you're really tired of the system or because for some reason things are not working out as you have planned it mm. right because mm -hmm. oftentimes um it's because we have said by this time i would have been doing this i want to do that and then it all doesn't flow we're like you know what i'm done nah mm. so when you talk about all that perseverance you understand yeah. what the goal is you know you have seen the system work it works let's not let's not kid ourselves there are a lot of things that are wrong but when when you see if you there's no profession if we're being honest in this country where you won't find successful people well said while they might not be in the numbers that we expect them to be they exist well said. find find your space it won't nigeria won't work for everybody let's be honest about that we want it to work for everybody but it won't work for everybody correctly as it is. But the thing is understanding the environment and doing your best to beat the odds, all the negatives, how are you, how are you navigating around them? Trust me, somebody told me one time, they said that in, in Nigeria, you have the, the, the voluntary corruption and the involuntary corruption. That is amazing. Someone said it's natural tax. Is the is the normal tax that you pay as a Nigerian corruption because, the corruption? Yes, yes, because because sometimes doing the right thing almost feels like you're about to look for trouble, right? And then you find yourself so. It's and and I tell and I and I say this this so many times to people is if I if I move to the US, I move to the UK, I move to Canada. Um, Humans will always be humans. While setting things and setting lifestyles will not be so prominent as they are here, you will find most of these things in those spaces. Mm -hmm. You will eventually have to deal with some of these things that you run away from because they seem overwhelming here. Oh, mm -hmm. it's a corrupt system. Oh, um, you'll have to do certain things. It happens everywhere. The problem mm -hmm. is how have you, what mindset do you have? Do you want to run away from every problem or do you want to deal with it 
You just said something. You said, do you want to run away from every problem? Do you want to deal with it and find a headway? The other thing you said that I don't want people to miss out on is, uh, even in a place like Nigeria, uh, in every uh, industry, in every sector, in every profession, there are successful people. The question is, what is what is your part to that? How could you move yourself through that ladder, regardless of where you go? And then you connected that back to, you know, even us that are in diaspora, you know, I'll tell you, it's the same thing, regardless of where you are, you know, your ability to thrive beyond what is the existing situation is your power to succeed. And, you know, back closing it full circle as, as we kind of wrap up here is, you know, the, the, the ability to persevere. Perseverance is not necessarily location-based. It sounds like it's personality-based. It sounds like it's individualistic. It sounds like it's something that one has to, within themselves, desire to do. And to get there are some of the things which you talk about, adding value to others, learning from from others, learning from people, understanding that you don't know what you don't know, and being willing to learn that and staying focused on your goal. Solid, man. Solid, solid, solid. I, I, I would just add to say, uh, and this is something I think a lot of young folks, and now I'm speaking basically to the young folks, is find your purpose. Find it. I was, I was having a conversation today with um, a, a young colleague, and I was saying, you see, sometimes I look at you guys and I'm envious because you have opportunities that we don't have. Like at, at, at 22, I didn't have a job. I wasn't, I, I don't know what, what exactly I was doing in my life at 22. Now, you, the, you sometimes feel like, ah, I'm young. I have like, you know, the time. And you see, you're, when you're giving yourself, when you're getting involved, when you're putting out your best, it's another way of finding your purpose. How, how, what am I doing? Is this me? Am I, am I enjoying what I'm doing? If this is not working, okay, maybe I should be doing something else. What should I be doing? What do I like to do? If you do not explore, if you do not give yourself, if you're not engaged, you can't find your purpose. The idea of you looking for the perfect food, the perfect firm, the perfect job, the perfect business, you know, you have motivational speakers, painting all scenarios and in your head, I deserve the best, um, <laughs> the best have been created for me and all of these things. You see, it, it limits a lot of people because in mm. your head, they think success has been created in one spot and then they need to go there and find it. Every day we work towards success. Every day in everything that we do. In our failures, we work towards success. I found my purpose in doing, you talked about it at, at, at the time that we started this conversation, you find right. it in everything. Yes. Today I'm not in everything. I, I am focused on one particular goal nice. and I'm achieving my success in that area because in doing all of these things and lending myself, I was able to find my purpose in life. And I said, this is the one thing I'm good at. This is the thing that gives me joy. This is the thing that, that drives me when I'm involved in it. My, the ideas are coming through. I am, I am loving it. it right. It's moving me. And now I am doing it and I'm loving it. So I, I urge everybody, you know, find, put yourself out there enough to help you find your purpose in life. I trust that when you do, stick to it so much that it confuses people. Stick wow. to it, chase it, because you know it's your purpose in life. Nobody yeah. else is going to, once you know, you know. 
No, yeah. it's difficult to sell that to people. And so look at them and smile. They will advise you. Take advice. It's good. But knowing your heart, follow your gut. And say, you see, I will follow this because I know it's the right path and I will achieve success regardless. Wow, wow, wow. Powerful, man. Powerful, powerful. You know, knowing your hearts and follow it. Man, I appreciate it. There's this one question I've asked over the last few episodes, and I, you know, I, I think you've listened to some, so you probably already know what the question is. And here's the question: It has nothing to do with what we've, we've discussed, but if there was a perfect location, perfect spot, um, perfect vacation spot that you you may not have been there, but that you would love to go to, where would it be? Where where would you say, oh man, I'm gonna take my dime someday, and we'll just we'll just chill? Where would that be? So, and I want to be specific. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's this part that has, oh my God, the the clearest of oceans. And I think it's mm-hmm. the Maldives. I think so. I think so. It's every time I see that, I, you, you know that serenity of you just wanting to be there, like wanting yep. to be inside that space. Like you... Yep. It, it seems superficial. I just, I just Googled you, it. It is the Maldives. Yeah, you imagine yourself being in that space. Yes, that's it for me. That's the one place where I just want to be and enjoy the entire environment and everything that he has to offer. You know, yes, it's the Maldives. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know what? I think you might be inspiring me, man. Let me see if I can uh, <laughs> motivate myself and family and find our way there sometime. You know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Maldives. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, brother, man, I appreciate you, man. I, I can't say thank you enough. Yeah. You're awesome. Your yeah. your story is inspirational. And the, the funny thing is, God's certainly not done with you. It's just the beginning. Thanks, uh, man. You know, and for everybody higher ground. For everybody that is listening, I think um Lano started by saying we've we've been we've known each other 26 yep. years now. Yeah. It's amazing how, you know, Lano is in the U.S., I'm in Nigeria, and I I don't say this as often, but there are a few people that I look at their lives and I say, uh, they're inspiring ways that I can't explain. Wow. Um, you know, we have conversations, I look at your life, I look at what you're doing, I look at, and knowing that I've known you this long, I've, I've been in spaces with you, and I see what you're doing. It just it just says to me like you know, here's somebody who who you know you shared spaces with, and this is how far he's he's gone. This is how he's found purpose for his life. And this like you 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 know how you have friends and there's the wishful thinking that you don't know that like you look at them and be like, oh man, this guy has wow. no idea how proud I wow. am. I know is that good. And, wow. You know, wow. Um, when Thanks, you, man. When you, when you send this to me and said. You wanted me to, you know, to come and uh, and share my own my own thoughts and my experience. Um, for me, it's a privilege um, having to to talk to you about things like this. <laughs>